What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Junkyard. I am your host, Junkyard James, and I'm with my guy, K-Dog, the phenomenal K-Dog, my friend. How's it been? You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> you, you wrestling fans, screw you. Just kidding. Doing quite well, sir. That's a great way to start the episode is by calling out every single wrestling fan that's on the screw themselves. Um, right. <laughs> doing full. Um, whatever sickness I've had, I feel like I'm getting over it slowly but surely. Everybody um, well. Towards southeast and west. Morning, afternoon, or evening. It's cold. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm. I myself am also getting over some form of allergy or cold or COVID. I don't COVID know. COVID got <laughs> um, But I'm finally starting to feel. A little bit better. Hey, fun fact. Last week's episode of Beyond the Junkyard is already fifth place for most views on the YouTube channel. Let's go. <laughs> so, hey, y'all, thanks like for tuning hear. in. And uh, leading into that, we uh, like to just say hit that like button, subscribe, share the video. If you're going to listen to this, on the audio version that gets posted after the live stream, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And let's just get this train on going. I want to start this off by asking you this one question. Mm-hmm. Has there been anything in the past week that has sports entertained you, my friend? That has sports entertained me? Yes. Oh, you want me to explain? Okay. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Wonderful. Yeah, so <laughs> this is starting off great. Um, I am enjoying the Continental Classic a little bit more than I think I would. Tournaments in wrestling can be hit or miss. Sometimes tournaments are the subject of lazy fighting. So it's a fair judgment uh, when it comes to tournaments in general. But I am, I'm digging the Continental Classic. It's given us great matches. Um, some of them were predictable without, you know, results and outcomes. But uh, um, we'll get right into it. Moxley and Roosh last night, pretty good. Uh, uh, I have... Maybe in an inner circle, no pun intended, um, off air. I have said that I feel that there are some wrestlers who I feel are on their way to be becoming stars. One of them was Swartz Strickland. I'm a fan of him. I think that he is destined to win this tournament, and I think it would be a great push for him. Um, obviously, the winner of this tournament gets the triple crown belts of uh, the NJPW Strong Championship, the World Title, and then the uh, Continental Championship for AEW. I think it is for a really good tournament, but I really think, uh, or at least I'm hoping, Swerve wins it. But I'll tell you another guy that I, after last night's performance, is on my radar for sure as as a guy that, you know, hopefully if pushed well and done well, uh, can be a bigger star in the industry, and that's Roosh. I think Roosh has got a great look to him. Um, dude looks like a monster coming out um, with a pretty badass song. Um, I really, I'm one of these people that I really enjoy all facets of, of wrestling. From the music, the entrance, if there's pyro, the lighting, the way they walk down the ramp, the way they interact with the fans, how the fans interact with them. How they get in the ring, do they just go straight to the turnbuckle? Do they just turn straight to the hard cam? Roosh has a lot of those little things that I really enjoy. So something that was different, the entrance. So he gets into the ring. 
He doesn't look at the hard cam. He doesn't just turn around and face the 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 crowd. He looks at the camera that's in the ring, which is facing at him, but behind him is the stage. And he kind of does his pose. More pyro goes off, and then he goes through. I don't know why, but I think that was really cool. I think Swerve and Roosh. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we can do the final together. I'm not sure how this. I probably should know how the tournament works, but I, I don't know if it's somebody from the blue and the gold league the finals or if it's just overall. Uh, but I think Roosh, if he doesn't win the tournament, that would be a really strong showing. I think that uh, in the end, um, I hope that Roosh does. Besides that, the storylines I think last night were pretty good with Copeland, Christian, new facet storyline, and then MJF, the devil, and go. Three decent stuff. Yeah, I, I think I think AEW's pushing in a in a pretty good direction. I'll, I'll be I'll be upfront and honest with you. I uh, have not watched last night's episode of Dynamite yet. Um, that is something I do need to watch. Um, and so, but I've heard a bunch of good reviews about the show in general. Um, and uh, I think they hit just under eight hundred and fifty k last night. Um, and Considering that there was a presidential debate and some other big events going on at that same time, I think that's a pretty good number for AEW, and they're hitting consistency um, around 800 to 900K. Um, I'd love to see them back over a million, but at least they're at least it's not like fluctuating really good one week, really poor the next, um, and then. Collisions numbers have been doing really well um, for a Saturday show. Um, I think their last set show was 450k. Um, I they only they only did 175,000 less viewers in NXT, which had the primetime Tuesday slot. So I, I think that's pretty fair, especially with last Saturday being conference championship week in college football. Um, I'd say that's uh, that's a pretty fair judgment. AEW is going in a good a good direction. Um, Storylines they're really they're really good. Um, I've seen I've seen a couple spoilers, but I try to resist looking at some of that stuff until I watch it. Um, I like where AEW is heading. Um, I think this Saturday NXT has a pay per view, but I I mm-hmm. you'd have to ask my brother about that. I'm, they, I'm not they do. sure what's yeah, going not really sure what's going on there. NXT bores the shit out of me. So um, let's jump into that. Hey, I will say, though, um, thoughts go out to Wesley. Uh, I don't know if you oh, know yeah. what happened. or Yeah, uh, I watched the promo. Do legit look like he was really in pain. Um, I mean, he, he cried in the promo. But uh, whenever Dom came out and he was going to race the cane as if to be like a back off type of thing, dude was shaking like crazy. So I know the jaded side of being a wrestling fan thinks this all could be a work. I legitimately think the guy's hurt and will be out for a while. So hopefully he comes back healthy and strong and let's um, continue on um, being in XT, being a wrestler. Having fun with the So, well, yeah, Wesley. Wesley. Yeah, I like Wesley. Um, I've I've known his work since his Impact days. Um, so yeah, thoughts go out to him. Hopefully, he gets better, and we'll see him. I guess I think they said the injury was somewhere between eight to twelve months. So we'll see him at some it's, point. I know that he said it was a back injury. I don't was Orton's injury a back injury or was that a neck thing? Yeah, I think he had a back injury. He had double fission surgery or something on it on a couple of yeah, days. Yeah, so. and, and he was gone a month, a year and a half. So, you know, right. hopefully Wes's uh, injury doesn't take that long. But uh, in general, it's a good time to get it fixed, get rest, get healthy, uh, you know, rehab it, and, and be ready to come back hopefully stronger than, than before. Yes, sir. So let's jump into the topics that we want to discuss today. Let me turn off this ESPN alert first. Uh, the Capitals won't stop scoring. Um, and then finally, <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> the ass is kicked. Be Arizona. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it was maybe a week or, or so ago, Britt Baker posted this very cryptic tweet. Here, let me let me share it with everyone. I want I want to get your thoughts on this tweet, and uh, and can you see it on the screen, sir? No. Um, there we go. Okay, it's about it's up now. All right. Tonight, eight. Yeah, this was last week's dynamite. MJF had seven minutes of promo time. Christian Cage had ten minutes of live promo time. Britt Baker had zero minutes on all of 2023. My question to you is: This like a legit gripe that she has, or or is this a feeling that maybe it's just like a work? I think this is a work because I know Britt has had some of the backstage promos. I'm sure some of those were pre-taped. I I, I want to say at least at least one of those had to be live. Um, I find it hard to believe that she's not any live promo time backstage in the ring on the stage, whatever. In all of 2023, I probably should have done more research and gone back and looked at it, but I. Um, I think that it is a a work to some extent, uh, whether it is work for the storyline of whatever the storyline may be, or um, just in general, a a personal life that is translated into the internet and then could be a storyline afterwards. I know that uh, there there is, is now a committee led by a person in, in the company that has started to crack down on the talent, doing things like this on social media and, and finding them. So I know at least one person has been fined already for their posting on social and it was not Britt Baker. So that's why I believe it, it, it's got to be some sort of a word. It, may, it could be, you know, could be some, some actual feelings in there, but I, I, I truly feel like this is leading towards some sort of of uh, catch twenty two when it comes to a, a actual storyline or an angle. Yeah, yeah, I feel what you're saying. Um, I think it's a it's partially a work as well. But even if it wasn't, I think my response would be the same. Um, Britt Baker has been and shout out, I love Britt Baker. Um, she's probably one of the best in the industry. Um, work or not, she's been the number one star in the company on the women's side of things for four years. And I, I, I do think both of our gripes is that the women's division has kind of been shackled, held back a little bit. Um, most of the time we get maybe one women's match on a show or, or one women's match on a pay-per-view or, or whatever it may be. So I, I, there is a, a reasonable gripe for the, the misuse of the women's division but given the circumstances that they're in, Britt Baker not being the biggest women's wrestler in AEW for a good part of 2023 maybe is a good thing because it allows other women like Sky Blue and Julia Hart and Tony Storm to develop their characters while Britt Baker can kind of focus on recreating herself. I do think this is a work. I think she has something to do with a storyline um, that I think very soon we see the results of the storyline come to play. Um, and that is with Adam Cole and Britt Baker. I think they're going to be heels turning against Max at some point. Um, and, and I'm excited to see where that goes. But, but also on the other side of things, you got to think Britt Baker leading into this year was – part of like a tag team stable with Jamie Hayter who's been out for several months now. And it's hard to just break away from one storyline where Britt was in, where she's feuding with the outcasts and then just immediately turn it into something else. Some of these creative things take time, but I think it leads to another discussion that we'll have later on in the show that I think AEW. uh, maybe has just way too many people on their roster 
and again, we'll discuss it later in the show, um, that it's hard to find a place on every single card for every single performer. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that here at the end here. Um, anything else on Brit before we move on? Um, you know, it, it is pretty hard to think that she hasn't been on TV in a while. Um, and I said part of that, you know, she was in a storyline with Jamie Hader and, and she's injured. So I find out believe that they still couldn't do something with her. Um, but you know, sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder and I'm sure when she does come back, whatever role it may be, we'll get a pretty good pop. Um, uh, collision being uh, a short week, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago in Pittsburgh. And she wasn't on the show. Wasn't, I don't believe she was on any of the dark issues. Wasn't on rampage or collision. They were both taped. Um, probably that's the first time I believe that AW has been to Pittsburgh and she hasn't been on TV in some way. So uh, that goes to show you right there. Maybe there's something more in the cards for it or, or, or not. So we shall see. Yeah, and, and one last thing I'll say here before we move on, but Britt has been, after this tweet that I just shared, she's been advertising Dynamite and um, All In Wembley 2024. So it, it doesn't seem like she has a legitimate gripe against the company, or, or who knows, maybe she's just being a corporate stooge for now to, to kind of clear her name. I don't know. But from what we can see, she she's still, you know, all in with AEW. And um, if I, I think I think we we all agree that the women's division deserves better. Um, there's so many women that aren't getting a lot of time to to prove themselves. But Britt's not one of them. She's she's had a lot of screen time over the past four years. Um, and, and, and quite honestly, she's probably the last one that should be complaining about screen time. When you have people like Anna Jay and Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue, who seemingly can't win a match to save their damn life now. Um, but anyways, let's jump on. You mentioned it briefly. Um this committee led by Brian Danielson that apparently had a play in the firing of the one and only CM Punk um, is, I guess, still a thing. And they are um, imposing fines for wrestlers that maybe share their displeasure with AEW. Um, yeah, let me pop this, pop this up. I have the, an article here from sescoops.com. There it is. This thing is taking its damn time, but we're getting, we're getting used to it. Um, basically this article saying on Fightfuls, um, one of their podcasts that Sean Ross Sapp does with Jimmy Van, he was talking about AEW's disciplinary committee and he knows of one or two people that have been fined for behavior on social media. Uh, I guess the first question I want to ask is just overall thoughts on having a committee to uh, talk about um, um, social media activity. Um, I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I hate it. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, sure, do you want you know AEW is 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 alternative company to WWE, and all the talent there have control of their own social medias. Um, they can pretty much say whatever they want to. Um, sometimes that gets people in trouble. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so maybe having a community of filter as in hey guys here's some guidelines we want you to try to to, to just follow uh more so to them out of any kind of negative connotation and of negative story you know uh negative uh press um maybe that's the boy on it so there could be some good in it at, at the same time i feel like you know if you say one 
wrong thing and being fined. It's it's tough to it's tough to manage that. I feel like it's tough to judge because I mean, obviously, we have free speech here in America, and it's part of our you know part of our rights. So, if right. you can't have freedom of speech based on something you may say, and you may not even be at work, like I don't know, I'm sure there's some other guidelines that we're in the know of, and that's okay, but I feel like me having to constantly be on guard 24 of what I would be saying on social media, if I'm at work or not, is is to me, that's stressful. Because you could you may not even have to say anything controversial. You could just be like, right. um, man, some people are real pricks these days. And it could be Somebody in the drive-thru that you got a coffee and they were just, they had an attitude and they just pissed you off. And you just went to social media to just say some people are just pricks. And you could get fined for that. Is, is that true or not true? Like, I feel like they're, uh, the media, the, the person, every person doesn't need to know every little detail about things. But at the same time, it just leaves a lot of great areas towards like, okay, what if you say something you find or, or not? So, Plus, there's a lot of talent on the AWR, and uh, Brian Day, if he's going to be, you know, bringing a bunch of people's tweets all day. Yeah, um, I, I kind of can see it from both perspectives. Um, from from the wrestler's perspective, I think I think social media is such a good outlet to kind of promote your displeasure. And maybe that's a comfortable outlet for people nowadays. Um, But also from AEW's perspective, they're not in the wrong for implementing fines for trying to protect their own company from negative reactions, especially for someone that works in the company. And, and, And I'll put it this way. Most companies, not even in the wrestling sphere, but in any industry, have some form of social media policy in their handbooks where if you say anything whatsoever that makes your company look bad, regardless of how you say it, if you meant it derogatorily or, or if you meant it as a joke or however you, you know, it didn't, doesn't matter the context. Most of the, most companies have policies or if you say something that makes your company look bad, a fine would be grace in most of these companies. Most of the times you just get fired um, because it's, it's bad PR. And this isn't, and now maybe the wrestling business should be a little bit different. Uh, I think it's Bischoff that said bad press is any press is good press, um, you know? And so maybe it's a little bit different with the wrestling industry, given that it's an entertainment source. Um, but at the end of the day, AEW is a business, and you know we, we have people who occasionally watch this show that like to talk about Tony Khan needing to grow balls and 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 start making good business decisions. And this is a good business decision. You can't just have your talent destroying the reputation of of the company. And now maybe they shouldn't go to social media to work out their dis, you know what they're disgruntled with. Maybe that's a thing where. Tony needs to have some sort of open door policy and, and take their, their concerns and, and take consideration. I don't know the back backstage workings of AEW, so I don't know how all of that works. But I think it's fair for AEW to try and keep the negativity to a minimum when it comes to people just airing their grievances on social media. But I can see it both ways. If, if you're a disgruntled employee and you and your boss won't listen to you, you know, you're going to get your concerns out some way, shape or form. So I, I can see it from both ways, but I'm more so lean that AEW is just trying to protect their company from, from just negative PR. Um, anything else on this before we quickly move on to, uh, I think the, the, the biggest topic that we're going to talk about tonight. 
at the moment. I think we'll this this will be an evolving and, and ever changing probably story as we move on the days, weeks, and months ahead of this and and I'm sure there'll be more come out. Uh Ortiz has been fined for what he said on um on social media. So uh there's already at least one uh, the report said that you brought up with Fightful that at least one or two people have been fined. As far as I know, you know, we haven't been told of Brit being fined and you know, Ortiz has so We'll see what happens later on down the road. Right. Yeah, and uh, I guess the last comment I'll make on that is the wrestling industry has changed a whole bunch from, from I guess, like the 80s and 90s era where, like, back then, like, Undertaker led a committee of, like, wrestlers court, and they would solve their differences in the ba- and the, in the background. Um, it's changed a little bit, and but at the same time, it's still wrestling. And you're going to have these committees get together and try to solve all these grievances. And if a fine is the biggest problem that you have to worry about, then consider yourself lucky. There's some industries where that's you, you get a lot of more severe punishment for, for doing what some of these people do. Um, real quick, it's quiet in the chat tonight. So if you are watching the live stream, tune it. Share your thoughts in the comments. We wanna, we wanna plug anybody that's watching. We got one comment here that I guess we can we can mention. Um, let me see if I can pop it up here. Center screen. NXT is the best wrestling product in the world. My friend. I don't know about that. I think the last time I watched NXT, I used it to go to sleep. Um, no pun intended. Now that CM Punk is back, never mind. Um, right. <laughs> um, that's your opinion. You could have that opinion, but I disagree with you. Um, Same. Anyways, let's uh, let's move on to. I guess we can call this the main event of the show. Biggest question that we're going to have. Is AEW's roster overpopulated? I'll let you start. Yes. I think that it's great to sign a lot of talent and be able to afford them. And while it's great to hire people and they have a job and they're able to showcase their skills and talents and be on TV, it's awesome. Does it mean that every single person in the world needs to be on your roster? No. Um, I'll be 100% honest with you. Last few weeks, maybe maybe the last couple months, Nick Wayne's character has slowly started to develop with being a heel. I don't see the point of him being on TV right now. He's not done anything for me to be like, I need to see Nick Wayne on TV either to get his ass kicked or, or to see how good he is or whatever. Is he a great wrestler? That's, that's yet to be. Is he good? Yeah, he's got talent. Um, but I feel AEW can use ROH as a, as a uh, development platform in some ways. Um, and if you're going to have these brands and they're going to be somewhat separated, keep them that way. I don't need to always see an ROH storyline on AEW. I don't always need to see ROH talent on AEW. Can they sometimes be both? Sure. But like, what's the point of trying to sell honor club to try to get people to believe in ROH if you're showcasing them on AEW television, and then and then it's just a cross-pollinated thing I don't like. Um, I, I think that AEW has too many people, and you can't even showcase them all. And that's fine that you're not going to see the same talent every single week. They've had that from the very beginning when AEW started. You're not going to see the same people every single week. Sometimes you have, sometimes you haven't. So it, it's been okay. But in time, there are plenty of talent with three different have that 
you got to, if you're going to sign these talents, put them on TV. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why has struggled so badly with ticket sales and TV ratings is that initially it was, hey, CM Punk is giving a collision. If you want to see CM Punk, it's collision. And in the beginning, it, it, it worked. Ticket sales were decent. Uh, TV ratings were good, or at least decent. And ever since he's gone, there's really no identity with Collision anymore. I know Miro's on there, and Big Bill and Ricky Starks are on there, and, and Andrade. So if you are in tune with AEW, sure, you know who may featured, be, be featured solely on that show. Rampage is just thrown in there as another hour of TV that I don't really see a purpose of, but it is what it is. It's become a C-show very quickly after um but AEW just needs to do an overall better marketing strategy when it comes to these things and, and be able to utilize their talents so much better. You have a of women on the roster and they're getting what three segments a week on TV, maybe four. You got, I mean, if you're going to do that, just don't feature the same women and try to build storylines. And, and I know that there could be an alternative. It's not solely about just the storylines. They feature more of the pro wrestling mixed in with some of the storylines. Fine. That's part of being the alternative. But you have to captivate the audience and at least try to get them to be engaged and lock them in and try to get them back, not only for next, but down the road, by featuring more of the talent you have. Right. Women, other people on the roster that seem like they don't really get much TV time as well. How do you know if a talent's going to be worth it, works, or doesn't? Don't give them the TV time. Try to build around them. Try to build their character. Try to build storylines. So... Trim the roster a little bit, and in this day and age, you know, does it suck to see a talent leave a company? Yes. At the same time, there are so many companies out there that they're going to get swooped up. Impact, you know, our um, MLW, NWA. You know, if they want to go to Japan, Japan AJPW, NJPW, um, if they want to go to, you know, Mexico, CMLL, AAA, EMLL. Um, Europe has got a plethora of, of independence over there. So wrestling is, is, is in a good spot as far as the amount of territories, companies, whatever you want to call them right now, that if a talent were to be cut, they have opportunities to go trim that Thank roster you. up, build your main characters, your characters in general, your wrestlers build better storylines, engage the audience to want to come back more, not just wrestling every week. Right. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I, I agree. I think this roster is completely just too big. And what concerns me is we're a week or two, maybe three away from another plethora of ex-WWE talent ending their 90-day no com- non-compete clause, people like Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali um, and people like that who I think AEW is going to sign, which is going to push other people away. We're getting into 2024 where we know Deanna Perrazzo is a free agent at uh, January 1, her her you know official free agency day. I think AEW is definitely going to look to bring in people like like Raza, um, and and they should do that. But I'm gonna list a couple of people that are still on AEW's roster page, at least on their website. And and I want I want you to like think about when's the last time they've really been relevant. And Helico, like they released Jack Evans, but they kept in Helico. Um, Anthony Agogo, um, Ari Davari. Did last was even on TV. <laughs> right, like a go go in 2023 is one and oh, according to the website. So he he doesn't fight all that often. He's not on TV all that often. Um, you look at someone like Colt Cabana, which I think he's working a lot backstage, um, maybe on ROH. Um, they have Griff Garrison still on the roster. They have. Um, Here's someone we haven't seen in quite a while, uh, Johnny TV or, or Johnny Mundo or Johnny Impact, whatever Johnny that you want to go by, John Morrison. Um, the John. Uh, yeah, Josh Woods is still yeah. signed. 
Um, I'm just I'm just scrolling through this this roster here. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly still on the roster. We haven't seen him in forever now. I have heard that rumbling that he's been backstage at a couple of the past time, so could be good enough for a return. So I mean, not not to say anything personal about these this talent. This roster is great. It's probably one of the best rosters. Oh, here's a one that we haven't heard in quite a while. Nick Comoroto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so these are guys uh, that uh, Parker Boudreaux still on the roster. <laughs> uh, That's these, pretty interesting. Uh, these are people that we've, we've seen before, but they haven't had a lot of time um, to really do anything. And then you look at the women's roster, and it's just as bloated, you know. Um, Layla Hirsch is on the roster, and now she's ROH. And so that's kind of where you were going about. I don't know if people realize this. Layla Hirsch made her return months ago from her ACL injury or whatever knee injury she had on ROH, and nothing, nothing, nothing was heard about it unless you watch ROH, but there's really no incentive to watch ROH because the big ROH stories on AEW television. And so I, I agree with you. Um, the the mixed uh, cross-pollination of ROH and, and, um, and AEW is, is, is terrible, in my opinion. You need to keep ROH storylines ROH, and you need to keep AEW storylines AEW and and fill that time. Now you said something about Rampage being a waste of an hour of television, and and its current iteration, it pretty much is. It's taped. No one really cares about it. Um, it gets like three hundred thousand views a, a week. Um, I have a way to fix that and kind of kill two birds with one stone. You need to use that as. Dare I say your development, those younger guys, the Nick Waynes, can make it your NXT, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Nick Waynes, the the females like Billy Starks, who I think is going to be a star in the making, but she's really young and she still has time to improve her skills. And maybe she's not ready for a weekly live TV audience, but you can put her on Rampage. You can put Nick Wayne on Rampage um, and let him get comfortable <laughs> with that style of of, of TV wrestling. Um, I think AEW, and this is one thing that I will agree on with, with my brother. I don't agree with him a lot with AEW from a, um, on AEW topics, but they do need some sort of developmental program. They can't just be signing all of these young people just from any random indie prom- promotion around the world and throw them onto live TV and expect them to to be able to carry the charisma that they have in the indie market. Nick Wayne, for the ever since he's been on AEW since like July, has been stale, and now he's started slowly starting to capture some sort of character. We could have built this in some sort of developmental system using Rampage as that system to get him used to the TV audience instead of throwing them out on your biggest show of the week and kind of taking time from someone like Andrade, who doesn't really have, I guess now he's in some weird storyline with CJ Perry, but I, I heard his contract is coming up and he hasn't really started any sort of contract negotiation anytime here soon. So we're, we're going to hit a period of time where it's going to be a lot of AEW wrestlers are going to leave and a lot of WWE wrestlers are going to leave. And and this is just the great thing about the AEW being part of the, the infrastructure now is it's, they're, they're going to pass talent amongst each other and Impact's going to join in that and MLW may join in that and New Japan's going to join in that and all the wrestlers get better and get paid better and get treated better. And so that's what's so great about AEW being an alternative is it helps bring 
a bunch of people that wouldn't otherwise get some sort of screen time. It gives them screen time. But there's people on this roster that shouldn't be on the roster. They, we haven't seen them. And uh, Sean Ross Sat mentioned some somebody this morning. EJ and Duca. Is that does that sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. We have him signed on the roster, but when's the last time we've seen him on AEW? On a dynamite or on a collision. So I think Tony went through a period of time where he was just going Vince McMahon and buying up all the talent that he could. It's time to kind of let the the chaff be chaff and you just, you know, throw it out and let the wind blow it where it goes um, and, and focus on building a good roster with talent that, one, wants to be in AEW, and two, you can find some sort of creative direction with. And that might mean losing someone like uh, Andrade, but you have a young, talented group of people with NJF and Osprey and, and others that can really be a dominant force for years to come. Absolutely. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, I don't want to say you use the phrase trim the fat, but when you have a pretty big roster, you got to start trimming up a little bit because not everybody's going to be used and there's no use in, in keeping these guys and gals around if they're not even used and haven't been used for months. Not the fact that they've been in, that's a whole, whole totally story, but the fact that they've just not been on TV. And what, what really irks me is when people really, nobody cares a lot about come back as if nothing happens and then you get thrusted into main storylines. I'll throw this out there for you. I'm sorry in advance, but Tony Storm defends her AEW Women's World title. Oops. Um, he was saying something. Uh, I think he's trying to reconnect back in. Um, this is what happens when you go live, folks. Um, if you're If you're in here, um, well, shoot. We'll give him a few minutes if, if he can't pop back on. Oh, there it is. Let's see. That was weird. We lost you for a minute. Well, uh, um, I'll try to pull off. Um, the last night on collision, or not collision, uh, dynamite. Um, Tony Storm defender title against Sky Blue. Is somebody came back at the end of the match. I don't know if spoilers or know who came back or what happened. Um, if you are, oh, Riho, yeah, 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 I saw, I saw that. Riho yeah. came back. Why? Why is she back again? Sit right into the world title scene. That is ridiculous. It's not needed. It's insane that this happens over and over and over again with Riho coming back and being thrusted into a main event storyline. For no reason. There's no reason for this. She's AEW Charlotte Flair. gives me one good match against Tony Storm. Storyline-wise, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Just pops out of nowhere. And then she just comes back like nothing's going on. Hey, I won a world title, so I can just come back whenever and, and get a world title shot. Like, no. That's the problem with the women's division. It's just it's so built weirdly. There's a couple good things here and there. Mm-hmm. But the, just in general, it's just not great. So, right. Well, I, I, I agree with that. I think, well, one, um, Riho is AEW's version of Charlotte Flair, apparently. She just shows up and gets a title shot. Um, I would but, rather it be Charlotte Flair than <laughs> but, uh, but to your credit, there, there are women on this roster, Sky Blue for one. I think she should have won that match. I know she lost. I, I, I've read some of the spoilers. Um, Sky Blue is like the next Julia Hart. Like she's just building herself from the ground up. And I, I like the character development with Sky Blue. Um, but you have people like Anna Jay who have been there basically from the beginning who haven't really done a whole lot in the women's division. And they kind of get passed up for Riho and Emi Sakura and some of these other people that just show up kind of whenever the heck they want. Um, like, I don't think Anna Jay has ever won a match on AEW Dynamite. 
And that's wild for me to to think that because she's such an integral part of the creation of the AEW women's division. And she's just kind of stuck. Well, she's stuck in factions and she can't really move out on her own. And I know when Ty Mello comes back from her paternity or maternity leave, she's, they're just going to stick her with Anna Jay and she's just going to be doing tag matches when there's not a women's tag team belt, and it's just going to be some pointless matches that they throw throw her away. But you give someone like Riho a title match without really no reason behind it. Um, so for the My those problem. who say for those who say we don't talk bad about AEW, there you go. You, the last eight ten minutes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> to add on to it. In the next few months, we're going to get Ty Mello back, Jamie Hayter back, Thunder Rosa back. Where the, pos- the possible addition, possible addition of Mercedes Monet. Maybe. Um, Maybe. And Mariah May just got added to it. So many people. But what TV time are they going to get? Right. I mean, if you're going to put these gals back, Put them on TV. Give mm-hmm. the women more than one segment of the show. You, you just you have to. Collision for me, I don't I don't tune in every Saturday because I don't feel like I need to. Right. You gotta give me something to seek my teeth into. And the continental cloud would be one thing, but there was a time where I didn't watch a whole lot of collision and was like, oh, I forgot these Starks and Big Bill were the tag team champions. Like, give me your reason to show. And if you, which I mean, I think it's absolutely ass and it's stupid, ridiculous that the world tag team champions are on one show. Uh-huh. You can't be doing that. They need to be on every show. I'm sorry. Right. To me, the TNT championship should be on TNT strictly just Rampage or Collision or both. The TBS champion should be only be on TBS. I don't understand how that makes any sense that a TBS. To me, if you're going to make it a network-centric based title, put it on the network it's centered around. Right. Makes no sense. Makes no right. sense to me. Adam Copeland versus Christian could have easily been on Rampage or Collision. Ticket sales for, for that over this past couple of days, it sucked. The ratings may not be the greatest. I found out that Collision is not even on network TV in Canada. It's on a streaming platform. So that's a problem. So that's probably why the ticket sales were so bad, because when they mentioned it was Collision, people were right. like, what's that? And probably only the diehards would went to that because they knew of it either by streaming then, or whatever. Another issue with it is they use the same arenas time and time and time again. You saturate certain markets to the point of you go to Montreal three times in the matter of two months or two, you know, six months, eight months. People can't buy tickets to everything all at the same time. So, I mean, they just were in Montreal, what, um, a couple months ago when they did their first Canadian tour. Now they already have two more Canadian tours set up. So, so I, I just, I don't Sorry. know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. And, same for WWE, just not on the on on a, on a big extent. Um, WWE will go sometimes to the same market, um, and, and not for a Raw and then a SmackDown. Sometimes it'll be a Raw and then a house right. show, SmackDown house show, which is fine. But like they went to Albany, New York uh, this past Monday, they had less of a crowd there than they did back in May. Six months ish. Since the last time they were there, that's fine. Still drew less people, and WWE's probably hotter than it was back in May. Right. And I don't solely fault WWE on that. I mean, I don't think Raw's the greatest, but that just goes to show you, if you just go back to the same areas a lot in a year, it's just going to oversaturate it, and it's going to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Um. Now, if you have a great card, maybe if you go back to the same areas in six months, it'd be great. I, maybe. Right. I don't know. But WWE strategy, 
is is pretty good, at least in like the Carolina areas. They'll hit Greensboro and they'll hit Charlotte like once a year. And that's just enough time for the people that really want to go to the shows to go to the shows. AEW, they up until the next couple of months, they haven't been in the Carolinas in two years. They're probably going to sell Let's pretty two good. years. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they're going to probably sell out both the Revolution card in Greensboro and the Bojangles show January 6th because the Carol. Well, maybe you, you have better intel on the. But table. guess what? Maybe if you actually fucking market it, it would actually sell out. Golly. Yeah. I don't know what it is with Tony Khan and not marketing things. He used to have no problem with that and had billboards plastered all over Vegas and New York City. Now we can't even get a freaking TV commercial. Yes, it's it's pretty bad the marketing side of things. I don't know who who runs that, but man, we you would. It, I'm not going <laughs> to. You would think we were not AEW fans, the the way that we're just kind of we're just realists. I think. I we, agree. We, we just gotta, we just tell it how it is. AEW is probably the show itself. I think is great. The storylines are good. Tony Tony Khan has a really good direction where he's going. It just sucks when you go in and you book a twenty thousand seat arena and only put four thousand tickets available, and it looks like you're really underperforming the ticket ticket wise. You go to ROH, you put it in. Garland, Texas, where you've been 700 times already and you sell less than a thousand tickets to one of your biggest pay-per-views in, in the ROH calendar. Um, and there's no promotion on it. You can't even buy ROH's pay-per-view. You have to buy Honor Club to watch it. So maybe that's a good thing because it's only seven bucks instead of $59 or whatever they charge for their pay-per-views. But I don't know. I, there's AEW in terms of wrestling, the on-air product is good. There's a lot of things backstage that they need to work on: promotion, marketing, disgruntled employees. They need to stop buying every free agent wrestler. Um, and I think sometimes the AEW just needs to realize. Just because it's a big name doesn't mean they'll be a big name for you. Um, it, because, I mean, learn from the history of the past. WCW bought up every old WWE wrestler at one point, and it, it led to their demise. And not to say AEW is close to that, but history often repeats itself if we don't learn from the past. So hopefully they can just build on the youth that they have they have a really strong youth movement in AEW we don't need Ric Flair to be completely honest we don't need his mushroom energy drink to be sponsored on the show <laughs> we don't we don't really need god forbid if goldberg ever shows up we don't need him don't do that. we don't, don't we <laughs> We don't, we, don't, we don't need these people that were in the past. We have a youth movement. We just need to build on them and let them work their talent. And we have a really strong roster. And I hate that it gets diluted with people like Jeff Jared. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hold, hold up. What's your beef against Double J now? He's in pain as hell. I can't Did you that. not see the farm vignette they have? Let's go and Satnam and Sanjay and Jay Lethal and Jeff last year. Probably one of my favorite segments in AW history. I'll forge the video. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't see this, but it was phenomenal. I know um, Sanjay is really good in the backstage of Hey, Hey, Ooh. He laughs all the damn time. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's people that are, that they have that can play a backstage role. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we're going too deep into this. Anything I don't know, else? but I'll tell you one thing. Um, you, you kind of brought up just a second ago, and this gives me uh, a great opportunity to maybe take the reins for, for a second, because like I mentioned off air, you know, sometimes, you know, 
well, you may be the host, maybe some other times, not that I'm the host, but I lead on a topic and, and this and that. So I have a topic for next week oh, that I think will be really good. Phenomenal. And we're going to promote it a week in advance in hopes that maybe people actually pay attention yeah. and engage and share their thoughts and tune in. Yes. Um, so the topic next week Ooh. is AEW truly WCW 2.0. And there's some thoughts why I've seen this. There was a tweet that was sent out on December the 6th, which was yesterday at 11 o'clock in the morning by Elite Rockers X. Oh, I hate that. I hate that account. And I'll give you the tweet. I wish I could share this my screen. I think I can't blast, uh, but I brought it up on on this, and then it it just the connection <laughs> died. So I don't know if I can do that, but I will at least, at the very least, maybe send you a screenshot of this so that way you can put it up and share it on your screen next week, so we can have a really good faces on this, and maybe we'll post it on the socials, Discord, all that good stuff. Which, by the way, we have a Discord. Hope you join it. Um, oh yes, the Junkyard Media Group. Discord. Um, join us there. Link in the bio, of course. But anyways, so let me, I'll read the tweet, and then we'll post it on our social media, post it in the Discord. If people can actually look at this, they can maybe do their own research. They can, I can talk about this for an hour, but like I said, we'll, we'll show up until next week. Um, fully do a good dive into this. And uh, But anyways, here we go. So the tweet reads, from Elite Rockers X, which is at Elite Club SOB on X. There was a time when AEW used to be a must-watch weekly wrestling television show. It was an alternative to WWE, but now it looks like we need an alternative for what was supposed to be the alternative. AEW made every single mistake that WCW did 25 years ago, signing every every ex-WWE superstar, ignoring the piss-poor attendance, Ignoring the steady decline in ratings, backstage politics, random storylines, unnecessary WWE references, relying on older wrestlers, messed up management. AEW peaked in 2021, and looking at its current state, it seems like we're witnessing the final days of all elite wrestling. I'll let both of us open. give us something to really think about. Which one is Alvarez write his next book, The Death of AEW? I know, right? This it, it kind of seems like Alvarez wrote that book, right? The yeah, Death of AEW. <laughs> um, don't read that book; it's garbage. Um, hey, I really want to read a good WCW book. It's Nitro by Guy. It's phenomenal. I recommend everybody to read it. So it gives us something to think about. Be something to to really dive into, and. Uh, Really good topic point for next week. And like I said, uh, gives everybody in the Discord a chance to read it, maybe put in some questions, join us in the chat. We can kind of really good, do a good, deep, in-depth debate about this. And, uh, yeah, I think would be a fun topic to uh, look into next week. Awesome, my friend. Yeah, you'll have to lead that because uh, you're the you're more of an expert on WCW than I am. Um, but good enough. We're equal here. You were both hosts of this show. You can you can run it this next week, my friend. This is the Beyond the Junkyard podcast. Um, like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify, please, so that we can be shared amongst everybody else. Um, like we said, Discord link is in the description of the YouTube video and will be in the description if you're listening to the audio um, version um, as well. Join that Discord group. Um, I guess we have to promote his podcast because he's, I guess, now officially part of the Junkyard Media Group. Uh, my brother has a, po- a podcast named the <laughs> Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. We'll be Slap that meat. Slap that meat. Big old meat. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, we'll be on his show in a couple of weeks doing our end of the year awards or whatever he does at the end of every year. Um, I think I think we're recording it on a Tuesday. 
and he'll post it the next day, um, the 12th or 13th of December. I can't really remember right now. Um, but we'll be doing that with him. He'll be occasionally on our show. Uh, we have to get him on. Maybe not next week. I don't know if he knows a whole lot about WCW, but we'll have to get him on. I'm here. sure that he could do some research. I'm sure he would like to join us. Maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll extend the invitation. We'll maybe see. we'll extend the invitation. But yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when we're going live. Share this everywhere. Comment. Let us know what you think of the show. That's the only way that we can improve and get better is if y'all let us know what we can improve on. Um, but otherwise, that's my boy, the phenomenal K-Dog, rocking the B-Elite sweatshirt. Is that the B-Elite sweatshirt? Yeah. B-Elite. <laughs> and I am Junkyard James. This is... The Beyond the Junkyard podcast. We will see y'all next week.